What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. We encourage folks on the other side of the wall to write into our show. We will write back as often as we can and occasionally read your letters on the air. This week's letter from the inside comes to us from San Quentin Prison. Thank you to our friends at Critical Resistance for passing this letter along to us. A short blurb for CR. Abolish the racist board. One day in February 2018, I was walking with another lifer on the yard, San Quentin Yard, on my way to work. I work at SQTV in video production. I was two months away from my first board hearing. We talked about my disciplinary free record, my work with SQTV, and my extensive programming. He said he believed I had a very good chance of getting a date from the board and going home. But he finished by saying, it's a very good chance, unless my victim was white. How prophetic he was. My victim was white, and from a family of four generations of law enforcement. The fellow lifer, black like me, didn't have a white victim and got a date from the Board of Parole hearing a month later. As for me, I've had two Board of Parole hearings and I still sit here without a date. The first hearing in April 2018 resulted in a five-year denial. When April 13, 2022, I received a three-year denial. These denials had nothing to do with my past conviction record. I've never had a CDCR 115 rules violation. I'm a member of SQTV where I've worked for 17 years. I've done extensive programming in prison, yet I've received two parole denials. A black woman incarcerated since 1996 for the murder of three young toddler daughters and a post-conviction disciplinary history was granted parole on the same day of my first parole denial, April 10th, 2018, at the objection of her family. Now, anybody who does the work and is changed should be granted parole, and I believe she did the work, but the board again shows their hearts. Black lives still don't matter, no matter how much an African-American has turned her or his life around and shown amends. There is no second chance because the victim's white. April 20th, 2018 was a textbook example of the way in which a white victim, nine months to 90 years old, is worth more to the bold of parole hearings than three black toddlers who were murdered. I know two lifers personally in prison 20 years for nearby cases. Both of these black lifers cried in the fist fight with white men, essentially mutual combat. Both victims died a few weeks later and both lifers were overcharged with second degree murder and both suffered parole denials. One of them finally got parole after 25 years, meaning he went through a few parole denials by the board. Overall, the board is a sham hearing. Despite post-conviction conduct, the board uses subjective reasoning into lifers' insight into his criminal current state of mind to deny parole. They've even submitted parole denial paperwork to one they just denied with the wrong name of the next person scheduled for the next hearing. This happened more than once, rising suspicions as to the board decision already being determined before the start of the hearing. There have been people who've done very little post-conviction programming that's received a date, and those with extensive post-conviction programming, including myself, who received denial upon denial. Race, as I've said above, is certainly a factor for who gets parole dates. As I perceive also, if you look at statistics, blacks have a lower rate of parole grants. California politicians and the governor need to abolish the border parole hearings. Eric Phillips. P.S. Pamela Price for Alameda County DA. Yeah, we did that.
That was Letters from the Inside, written by Eric Phillips, incarcerated at San Quentin State Prison. We encourage any of you on the other side of the walls to write into our show. We will write back as often as we can, and occasionally we will read your letters on the air. We'll keep you anonymous unless you ask us to do otherwise. Thank you to our friends at Critical Resistance for passing this letter along. Music for this segment by Michael Lewis, a producer and multi-instrumentalist from Oakland. You can follow him at Tigers underscore view. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. Mm-hmm.